Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Well, hello again, and welcome back. This is Steve Wilson, still making our journey through the book of Matthew. We're in chapter 8. We went through, let's see, the first four verses, I think, uh, last time we were together, um, talking about the Lord and the leper. So we're going to pick up in verse uh, 5 now. From here on, well, actually the whole chapter, There's, it's just kind of a sequence of uh, events, miracles of different kinds that um, Jesus performed. Several of them, of course, healing, healing but not all. Um, and so we started off with the uh, cleansing of the leper. Uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting study. Uh, but now we're in uh, verse 5. And we have a situation where, um, as we said before, Jesus has come down from uh, the Mount of Olives and, you know, from the Sermon on the Mount. And and now he's back among the people and he's moving forward, you know, he's journeying on. And so, verse 5, it says, when Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. Now, this was really unusual here because um, this centurion was most likely a Roman and um, a fairly influential Roman, one who was a part of the Roman army who would, uh, of course, be naturally opposed to Jesus. I mean, the the Roman institution to begin with would be against him and with the uh, the Roman army being the ones who would do all the enforcing, and in fact, it was a Roman soldier who cast a spear into Jesus's side when he was on the cross. It was the soldiers who came and arrested him. It was the soldiers who beat him and flogged him and all that, you know, and put him through all of that torture. So, being a Roman soldier, it would have been you would have been in an environment that would have made it not not only just the fact that you're a gentile to begin with but you're in an environment that would make it very very difficult for you to see who Jesus was and to recognize him as the messiah um but here's a guy who comes to Jesus and uh you know he's in a he's in a time of need, and apparently this is this is a guy who's not like your typical that you might picture as your typical Roman soldier, one who's kind of without compassion and without feeling, he's just following orders. You know he's just conditioned to doing as as he's told. And, and here's a guy who has risen up, you know, somewhat in the ranks because uh, being a centurion that means he was a leader of men. He had at least a hundred men underneath him. 
So uh, he had apparently performed some deeds during the course of his military life that had uh, been impressive before the eyes of his uh, superiors. Um, and, you know, they would not have been compassionate deeds. They would most likely have been either violent deeds or at least very strict deeds. Um, so he was a guy that was used to following orders and giving orders. Um, so his whole environment was anti-Jesus or anti-Christianity, maybe I should say. But here, somehow, someone has reached him. I wish there was more information on this to know how this soldier came to recognize Jesus for who he was. Um, but unfortunately, God doesn't give us that information, and, and, you know, if he doesn't give it to us, it's not necessary, even though it would be interesting to find out how he was led to Christ, but or how he was drawn to him anyway. Maybe it was just, you know, Jesus's renown, you know, word of mouth. I, I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, so here, here you have Jesus coming down from the Mount of Olives, um, finishing the Sermon on the Mount, and he's just traveling forward, you know, apparently going into Capernaum. And there is this centurion. And this centurion heard he was either there or coming or whatever the case, but somehow decided that he needed to go and find Jesus because that's what he did. It says um, he entered into him and there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. So he comes to Jesus and has something on his mind. It's something he wants from Jesus. And, of course, in verse 6, then, you know, he, he addresses Jesus and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Now, you know, from the things that I've said about the attitude of this centurion here, you know, you get a lot just from these first three words in, um, in verse 6 and saying, Lord. I mean, he recognizes him as, um, you know, as a Lord, as, as, a, as a master, as, as someone to look up to, to respect and honor. And that, even though he's a Jew, you know, the, the Roman soldiers, of course, were used to uh, using the Jews. That's why, you know, the Bible says when they, they come and, and uh, ask you to carry their cloak, you know, for a mile, carry it too. Um, in trying to tell the Jews, you know, that that's the attitude they should have. So, you know, the picture there in, 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 of the soldiers, of the Roman soldiers, is, you know, those who, they're kind of taking advantage of the Jews. They're, you know, the servants, the Jews are their um, servants. So not only is, is this guy used to ordering around 100 soldiers, but he's also used to ordering around the Jews. Um, and, and now he comes to a Jew, Jesus, of course, and recognizes that that he needs to he needs to request something from him that now he's putting himself at basically at his feet because there's really three things I want you to notice about this centurion one is his concern for his servant it, it, it says he come beseeching him and you know on behalf of his servant who was at home sick of the palsy so here you have a guy who he apparently is a is a man of compassion because he has a servant and he's concerned about the health of his servant. Um, secondly, he's humble. Um, Jesus 
says in, in verse 7, uh, and Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof. Speak the word only, my servant shall be healed. Um, he, he, you know, he, he's not just recognizing the ability that Jesus has and what Jesus is able to do, but um, he, he's recognized his own sinfulness, his own unworthiness. So he's, he's, he's not just recognizing Jesus as, as a miracle worker. He's recognizing him for who he is, because now this is the second time he's addressed him as Lord, and he says, look, I'm not... I'm not even worthy that you should come under my roof. Boy, for a Roman to say something like that to a Jew um, is is a big deal. Um, so here, here's a guy who is who's uh, humble in a situation where you wouldn't think he would be, but but he is. And thirdly, um, is his faith, because he goes on to say in verse um, eight, he says, "But speak the word only." And my servant shall be healed. Is you, you know, you don't even have to come to uh, to my house. You don't have to lay your hands on him. And apparently, he'd probably seen Jesus, or at least heard of Jesus doing this sort of thing. Um, you know, and touching people and telling them uh, how to, you know, how they would be healed. And because in that, in the case of the leper that we talked about in our last session. Um, Jesus put forth, in verse 3, put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. So it was not uncommon, of course, for Jesus to touch people. And, um, you know, the Holy Spirit, of course, would you would be, you know, transferred into him, and, or you know, the power of the Spirit anyway, the power of the healing. And um, so, you know, this, this guy says, you know what? I, I, I believe, Lord, that, not only do you have the power to heal by touching others, you, you all you got to do is just say it. So there's really a lot to be read into that, into what this centurion is recognizing as to who Jesus is. Um, and uh, then, then um, where are we at? When verse, uh, um, Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. He says, um, yeah, for I'm a, I'm a man under authority. He begins to go ahead and describe himself, having soldiers under me. And I say unto man, go, and he goeth unto another, come, and he cometh, and my servant, and do this, and he doeth. So we've already established who this centurion is and what he's accustomed to. Um, and when Jesus heard it in verse 10, this is what I wanted to get to, it says, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. I mean, those who were following were most likely all Jews, or at least the vast majority of them were Jews. And he's turning around to them and saying, look, here's this, not only this Gentile, but this, this Roman soldier. I mean, this, you, you, probably the only people they hated more would have been the tax collectors. But, you know, this Roman soldier that, that the people would despise normally, and he says, this guy has a faith that you don't have. So I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the kingdom of heaven, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. So Jesus did just go ahead and heal the servant, but it's the fact that Jesus marveled over the faith of this centurion. You remember in uh, Hebrews eleven six, 
Um, it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I mean, here's a guy who, who epitomizes that very verse. Um, and Jesus marvels at the faith that he sees. And, you know, that word, um, it basically is, is a word that, you know, from the Greek that talks about, um, or, or it, um, you know, we speaks of wonder, you know, one who wonders at a, at a sight. You know, sometimes you see some of the great sights that God has, uh, has given us, you know, just a sunset or, or a seascape or a mountain range or, you know, my, I've said before my favorite uh, view is, uh, is Niagara Falls. I just love to go there and see the majesty of that water as it falls over, you know, and the power and, and think, you know, God made all this happen just by speaking it into existence. And I marvel, I wonder at those things. But there's another um, piece to that definition of the word marvel. It's almost, it's not just wonder, but it's an admiration. It's a respect um, that is given when you, when you marvel at something. Not only are you awed or, you know, blown away by it, but you respect it, you admire it, um, because you recognize the glory of it. Um, and it says here that Jesus marveled at the faith that he recognized in this man. And, you know, that's why, as I said before, in eleven six, it says you can't, you can't please God without this kind of faith. We need to have the kind of faith in God, in Jesus Christ, that causes him to marvel. He needs to be able to look into our lives and see testimony in, in what we do and how we conduct ourselves in, in all aspects of our interactions and just the, the, the daily routine of life. Um, he needs to wonder and be impressed and admire the faith that we show. I mean, look, look at what this guy did here. Um, I mean, he's, he's a Roman soldier, um, most unlikely of all, and, and most unlikely to, to humble himself the way he did. And yet, he has a faith in Jesus that says, look, I know all you have to do is just speak it. And you'll take care of my servant. He wasn't asking for anything for himself. He, he wasn't. He wasn't looking for fame or fortune or anything. So a lot of people, you know, were not. He wasn't following a prosperity doctrine or, or a word of faith thing. He just. He just going to Christ and saying, "Look, I, I know all you have to do is speak it." And and so Jesus accommodated him um, simply because not, you know. Not because of who he is, but because of the faith that he saw in this man. And this man was a Gentile Roman soldier. Um, and he does it in, in the face of all these Jews. Look, folks, people around us are watching. People know who we are. And, you know, I, I fall so short so many times uh, in my faith and in the things that I do. And uh, I feel very guilty sometimes in the way I conduct myself because I know God doesn't marvel at my faith. But that's what he's looking for, and that's the example that he gives us here in this little short section.
in the eighth chapter of Matthew about um, about this soldier, the centurion, who comes to Christ and humbles himself before him and shows a compassion that many of us don't have. I, you know, we we need to be, we need to recognize that other people are more are more important in this world than we are, and that's you know our goal in this life our our job in this life is to try and reach others somehow some way if we don't do that what we have no purpose um and we can only do that not through our abilities but through the faith of Jesus Christ so i just want to leave you with that thought look forward to being back with you when we come back and pick up and uh let's see verse 14 thank you god bless <music>